Welcome to Drink 4 dot dot dot, the podcast that combines a lifelong film infatuation with an overarching love of drink, an interactive journey that encourages the incorrigible while providing an intoxicating alternative to a night out. Think Netflix and chill without the chill, perhaps without the Netflix, and tonight, definitely without the sex. Who knows, maybe we'll learn something along the way, or at the very least, have a bit of immature fun. Hello, and as always, I'm your host, Jordan Brooks. First up, some housekeeping for new listeners who don't know how this works. Me, our guests, and I will briefly introduce the week's film along with some drinking rules. Then we'll break, watch the film while drinking, and come back drunk to assess what's just occurred. You're welcome to pause and watch along, listen soberly in your car, or navigate away now. I'm not going to tell you what to do because I'm not your dad, I'm not your god, and I'm not your boss. This is episode number 20. We made it. Where we will be watching Vernon Zimmerman's Fade to Black, and I am joined in their hometown by Ian Montgani. Ian Montgani, tell the people what you got going on. Uh, hello, everybody. I previously introduced myself as a failed or failing filmmaker, but we have come up with a lot of good ideas, mainly cheese-related, for a film that we're going to make. So we are active, vital filmmakers about London town. I also program movies and write about them. You can look me up if you remember who I am by the end of the episode. And Labeja. Hello, my name's Labeja Kuriokulu. I am a poet and a writer. I write poetry and short stories, and I am writing a novel. Um, I have an Instagram page, but I will start doing this Friday because I have kept it too long. Um, and I am also the sad man. Weird, sad man scenario. So, um, yeah, that's me. Perfect. And guys, Ian, you selected this film. Is there a reason why you selected uh, this film for my listener and I? Well, it is October. You, Jordan, are a great respecter of the tradition of Halloween and all things spooky in October. And uh, my friend in Los Angeles, Julia Marchesi, a a filmmaker, former worker at the New Beverly Cinema in Los Angeles, recommended this on Facebook. And, uh, you know, she's a big horror nut. She had a lot of enthusiasm for it. And it sounded right up our alley. Lona, film obsessed, blood and guts, and culty good time. So I'm, I mean, uh, I'm excited to discover it. It's not a film that I'm familiar with. I am a great lover of horror films. I love anything that I can watch in under 80 minutes while getting drunk and sort of dwindling on my phone at the same time. So I uh, actually misled you as to the running time. I think it's a hundred and something minutes. hundred and four, maybe. So we're going to be shit-faced, is we what you're saying. We are already a little drunk, I should warn the audience. Ooh. Breaking with format. Yeah. I know, but, you know, rules are made to be broken. Yes, so, it, was, uh, it was a birthday party, so we had to, we stopped by for three drinks. That's exactly. okay. You know, we're good friends. We try to do what we do. And LaBeja, I know you certainly have some feelings on horror. Yes, I absolutely abhor it. So, um, I will get incredibly drunk, and uh, so I can avoid every fright in this movie. But um, I am willing to engage with it because, you know, it's a podcast, and I that's requested of me. I didn't know you didn't like horror movies. Uh, Did you not? No, it's, I didn't know that. It's, it's been we... well broadcasted. Oh, well, opinion, yeah. I must have shut it out because I find that so abhorrent. But uh, if... if 
LeBeja isn't with us the second half of the podcast. It's not because we've killed him. It's maybe because he's passed out. Probably, yeah. And uh, I, if nothing else, am a supporter of drinking to suppress your feelings. Now, down to business, of course, the drinking rules. As always, we're going to drink for drinking. It's very important. We're going to drink for death. We're going to drink for fighting. And we're going to drink for blood. Now, the movie-specific rules are going to be really good. But first, we need to dive into that pit of despair. This week's Sad Man Scenario with LaBeja. Hi, uh, it's uh, LaBeja here again um, with uh, another Sad Man Scenario of LaBeja. Um, I had dinner in a restaurant uh, the other day, um, table for one. Uh, but I ate with uh, both pairs of cutlery just to uh, make it seem like uh, I had dinner with someone else. Um, well, please uh, subscribe and comment. Uh, let's look at comments uh, from last week. Um, I asked, uh, is three months too long to keep uh, moldy plates in your room? Um, uh, yeah, there's there's no comment. Um, yeah, I think I really should cut my nails. Um, and I should change this shirt. Thank you. Oh, God. Are you as worried as I am? I think we should all cut our nails, but there are no rules for dinnering. You go, boy. I think that says it all. Yeah. And now, of course, we have to claw our way out back into the happiness that is intoxication with this week's rule. And you heard me right. There is only one rule. And what is that rule, Professor Mangani? Drink for movie references, which I believe are many in this movie, Fade to Black. So, if you don't know anything about movies, you're going to be sober. Uh, you shouldn't be. So, maybe look it up, or do something uh, about being sober. I don't know. Again, I'm not your dad. And now, boys, time to fade to black. This episode of Drink For Dot 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 is brought to you by hashtag hashbrowns. Are you tired of low engagement on your Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook posts? Hashtag hashbrowns can create customizable hashtags that not only expand your customer outreach, but are also extremely alliterative. Hashtag hashbrowns. Get some. Likes. fade back to a regular lighting situation we are back gentlemen how is fade to black well i think we should acknowledge that we had one of the great male bonding experiences of our lifetimes uh over the course of that film it was stunning it no, was it was a stunning uh lovely and moving i i i i I remember that for a long time. It's just, it's, just, it's a, a nice thing. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna remember that certainly uh-huh. more than uh, Fade to Black. Yeah, than the movie itself. We, I don't remember how we got onto the subject, but we first of all had a very honest conversation about suicidal thoughts, and whatever else happened, we all performed foot massages on each other. Mm-hmm. 
while watching the film. Very strong ones in which I might have screamed quite a bit. And then there was the movie, that which, which we should talk about, but uh, was totally separate to that. And we are very drunk right now. This, this may become... This, I don't know if this will become profound or a cautionary tale or whatever else in the whole spectrum of what this could possibly be, but uh, that's where we are at, just to wipe the slate full of honesty. Yes. How do you feel now, Slate? I do feel like, yeah, we, we, we did have that fucking amazing chat. I really, I really enjoyed that. Um, I really enjoyed that. For some strange reason, we all kind of exploded and came together in this weird cocoon of, you know, male sensuality, and I, 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 I love that. And um, and the movie kind of mimics that in a very crude way, in oh, a very, yeah, very crude way. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I think so many times we compared this to. Uh, Joker and Mm -hmm. it being a kind of uh, granted I haven't seen Joker but but a a a better version of of what Joker could be but I think going back to Ian's point about us uh, talking throughout the film I think that's maybe the most important part of of Joker and of films like this that Mm -hmm. get you to talk to your friends Mm -hmm. about how art makes you feel, which allows you to talk about how you feel, which allows you to talk about anything under the sun, I think. As soon as you broach uh, that topic, it makes it much easier to sort of go, well, I felt it was this. Uh, And then if somebody agrees or disagrees with you, you, you're, you're sort of forced to discuss and question why you felt that way and whether or not this is the reason why we got into these uh, deeper issues I have no idea uh, this this film will now always occupy a very special part of my life and uh, I you know that that's what good art that's what you know good art does is it makes you uh, try to understand your feelings I guess films are inextricably linked from the situation in which you watch them in and that can include the situation in which you watch something the first time Mm -hmm. you know whatever your legacy opinion of a movie might be that you watch several times over the course of your life you if if the if or if there's or if even a one experience after you've rewatched a film you know you can you can bind the experience of watching a movie with the situation you watched it in and that can become part of your memory of that which speaks to the fact that art is there to speak to our lives and to dialogue with us and to stimulate dialogue um we should probably talk about the movie itself a little bit before we get too far into yeah, our own experience. Yeah, I, I mean, we, like we have yeah. to. I, I think, um, not I think, I know, th- this was definitely created by somebody who loves film and has a very uh, deep appreciation for the uh, art form. It was very well researched whether or not, I, I have to assume they really loved 50s noir. There was a lot mm-hmm. of James Cagney uh, 
references in this. There was a lot of uh, Bogart, Maltese Falcon, obviously. Uh, Marilyn, yeah, Casablanca. Uh, Marilyn Monroe Marilyn plays Monroe. a huge role in this because the main character's love interest slash obsession is a an Australian Marilyn Monroe lookalike, and so she plays a huge part in this. And it and it's sort of like if Woody Allen had directed uh, Peeping Tom. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's well, it's like it's like if uh, it's it's as if Woody Allen had written Peeping Tom because it if you're gonna bring Woody Allen to it, the movie it's most like is. Play it again, Sam. Which mm-hmm. is yes, not directed yeah. by Woody Allen. It's directed by Herbert it's Ross. Written, but it's, but it, it's written by Woody Allen. It's, 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 it's in the Woody Allen style. It's, it's yes. in the Woody Allen universe, translated by somebody else. I mean, the the salient point there is, and it's so obvious from the very beginning. Hmm. This is a movie about and steeped in cinephilia mm-hmm. yeah. and mm-hmm. not in a romantic way not in a cutesy no, referencing way an obsessive fucking dangerous yeah. but it's, it's very critical yeah. of the idea yeah, it's exactly. very removed from it at the same time it's it's not cod or um glib mm-hmm. about that it understands all the reference points and it doesn't just go from Cagney and to Bogart and to 50s B-movies, it goes all the way up to, you know, there's there's references to the 60s and European art films like Blow Up in it, and it goes all the way to Halloween. There's several Halloween references in it, including somebody being killed by a hand reaching out in a shot that references a shot in Halloween the the, the 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 can reaches out from behind a Halloween poster and kills somebody in a Halloween pose in a in a Halloween poster that's already been established several times in the film. Halloween is also I think playing on um, Dennis Christopher's TV at one point. I mean the the main character is this fetid movie obsessive who uh, gets this idea of cool and the world at large from movies and it establishes in its dramatic universe this this whole uh, divergence between movie obsessed people and people who are breathing air outside the movie universe who understand movies exist and it's very conscious of that and I'm surprised it's such an ex- obscure film because I feel like it's a movie that every cinephile should see and know and reckon with in some way. I feel like it's an obscure film because people don't watch, only cinephiles watch it. And I feel like cinephiles might hate it because it calls them out. Because I was watching it, watching the the, the, the scenes where they called up the um, battle scenes and all those other scenes. And I did feel embarrassed and stuff like that. And I feel like a lot of people who come into horror feel embarrassed that someone has pegged them so easily. I feel like someone has pegged them so easily so they like, I know what you want and this is what you want. But I do feel like if you can't get over that kind of isolation, it's very hard for you to feel like you are a, a creative individual. I, I I definitely think you you you're onto something there, within the bounds of what it's like 
I suppose, to be seen for things that you're ashamed of. And I think this really pegs what is so ugly about cinephilia. And it really uh, begins to, I guess, ruminate on the worst parts of film so, fandom. I'm, I'm so and sorry, fandom. can I say this? That there was no point where Ian said he was ashamed of it. He said, I'm talking about you. Me? Yeah. Okay, I apologize. I, yeah. I, 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 am never, I am never, I am never ashamed of what I. No, 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 no. I'm talking yeah. about, I'm talking about, uh, in particular, the, mm-hmm. um, the, the shame and and the sort of awkwardness that you were talking yeah. about when people yeah. are watching. Um, for mm-hmm. those of you who aren't, I, um, I suppose, playing along, there are a lot of scenes where he is trying to pick up this Marilyn Monroe type and trying mm-hmm. to flex intellectual muscle by uh, spouting off mm-hmm. uh, um, obscure film facts and thinking that they're extremely cool and mm-hmm. fetishizing this woman mm-hmm. in a way that's like, oh, I, I saw Marilyn Monroe. Uh, the first time he sees her, he. I was uh, about to refer to my notes, but he told me I'm not allowed. Nope, to not, it. Yet. No, no, no. not yet, not yeah, yet. There's and a scene where he says, "Like I, I, I watch movies. Is what I do." And what does she say? What does the Marilyn Monroe character's friend say? She says, it's, "She says, oh, n- real cool, or like, oh." She says me. something like that, like, "Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, that's great." And, See, uh, and the Marilyn Monroe right character is like really excited mm-hmm. about yeah. uh, um, him watching films which is I, I think every hardcore cinephile has tried to, to get to apply yeah. that where with with uh, somebody they're interested in in a bar whether they just want to talk about uh, life or to take them home at night every mm-hmm. every person who's very invested in something feels a pride about it that that is a very unique pride and this i think tears down that pride in such a way that uh it can be quite embarrassing for those of us who aren't uh, as self-reflective as i think I, a, a lot of others are again though it doesn't do that in a glib way at all it does it in a really intelligent it, exactly, way because I that, yeah We've, we've got to talk about Dennis Christopher and how great his performance is in the movie. I mean, he displays... You know, we, we first see him curled up in the fetal position watching this little TV, um, surrounded by all these movie posters and memorabilia, and hopefully we'll get into the character of the quote-unquote aunt and all this kind of stuff. But you, you see him in that kind of decrepit position, just kind of in a darkened room consumed by movies but one of the things that's really intelligent about the film is it kind of shows that he has some charm and he has mm-hmm. some ability to be cool and there's something not quite right and not quite um no he's, he can be i was gonna say not quite loose he can be loose and he can be intelligent witty he can be engaging he can engage with reality and yet his pathology is all still right there. It's kind of set in stone. And that's one of the really interesting things about it. And um, we were talking about various movies it's, it speaks to other than Joker, but Maniac, the uh, Joe Spinell movie directed by William Lustig, is, which is one of the great 
slasher films. If if people haven't seen it, they they need to see it. But that's 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 one of the films that speaks to us. This whole idea, this guy, he's he's crazy. He's boxed into this this internal life, and yet he has these flashes of humanity. And in his mind, this all coheres. And in this in his mind, he has these flashes of humanity, and he has this life of adventure in the movies and to him that's a cohesive human soul but in the reality of having some kind of intercourse with the world and with other people it isn't it's 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 a pathology it, I, the one uh note that i did take <clears throat> on this and lebeige i apologize already this is the dark aftermath for me of Cinema Paradiso. This is the Cinema Paradiso <laughs> kid who grows up to uh, move to LA like uh, oh, Naomi Watts yeah. in Mulholland Drive. He's so happy and he just... And he's he just has, like, he cinema is life. <laughs> I have to uh, live, live, uh, you know, sort of this dream. Mm. And, uh, and he's know, working in a... Some kind of archive house. Let me tell you my my idea of this. Just like because what I feel like we are doing with this podcast right now is we are making a podcast with Ian and his garlic whatever fucking oil. And that's where things irrevocably broke down. We join you the morning after, bleary-eyed and extremely sorry for any pain that we may have caused you. Boys, do we remember Fade to Black at all? Yes. Yeah, I remember. I remember the movie. Um, sadly, I I don't remember any of the chat. Um, I do love um, <laughs> my theory on your podcast <laughs> is Ian and Garlic Oil. I think before we get back to the movie, and hopefully we will, let's just reflect on it this way. Breaking news. Three amateur scientists discover that alcohol can cause incoherence, depression, and severe emotionalism. We we talked for a good few hours last night. They got increasingly personal and uh, nonsensical, and not at all about the movie. Uh, so, so we reconvene now. Maybe this would be a good time to bring out those notes, or should yeah. we not? Um, yeah, I, I would like to say um, I remember stating my general philosophy being sometimes I'm on the inside, sometimes I'm on Jordan's side, and everyone in between, sometimes I'm on their side. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. So Agreed, I, yeah. Let's narrow that down. Yeah. <laughs> Do that. All right, Ian. Okay, what so then, did you write? Yeah, well, I just remember we were talking a lot through the movie, and there was, there was, there was, Things I wrote down which were very disparate and not, not really an attempt to, to cover the movie comprehensively, but they could be conversation starters. So now, m- much like the movie The Hangover, when they, they get the uh, Polaroids, we can have a look at this loose grab bag of, of scrawled things um, and attempt to f- figure out what we thought of the film. That reminds me, there was one, maybe I'll cut this out, but there was one thing I started writing down on the back of my notepad that just says, You've not zappen, <laughs> and I gave, I realized I couldn't write it, so I te- I put it in my phone, and it was something that Jordan said, and it was, you're not supposed to shit where you eat, but sometimes you need to eat ass. 
So that gives you some flavour of where the conversation went. Not the mo- not, that was on the low end. There oh, was yeah, a yeah. high, profound end, and that was the I low think end. That was the low end. Um, I've yeah. been listening to too much Jesus and Marrow. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, but you had a you had a worked out theory about it. It was a, a, a part of a larger conversation about germs and so forth. There was a lot going on. Uh, no, low end, nevertheless. Back to fade to black. Uh, Cinephilia. Wow, great note. We've, we've covered that. Uh, Rick Astley, I've written down here. There was something to do with... Oh, here's what it was. Okay, so Dennis Christopher's character has a moment outside the... Whatever it is, the archive, the distribution warehouse where he works, and he gets into a little chat with Mickey Rourke, who pops up for a couple of scenes, looking good, uh, as he always did back then. And they have a... He bets Mickey Rourke that he can't name Humphrey Bogart's character in Casablanca, his surname, which is Blaine, Rick Blaine. Um, how did that get us onto Rick Astley? Oh, some so, so, somebody said something about... I remember I, I, Rick Astley. I, I, I think I said, oh, his name's Rick Blaine, isn't it? And somebody said, it's not Rick Astley. And I said, well, yeah. indeed, there's the there's the, there's a difference between the 40s and the 80s because Rick Astley was never going to give you up, whereas Rick Blaine did indeed give up the give woman up. he loved for the greater war effort. It was the it was the time of yes, self-sacrifice versus the time of uh, me being Can you imagine us trying to make that joke last night? Yeah. That, yeah. that is... That, that was, well, we wow. didn't get there. We just didn't get there. That's we like early that. note. That's a really... Br- <laughs> yeah. That's a very clear-minded note. I did write the, down the line that we were failing to remember before when he's talking to quote-unquote Marilyn Monroe, the Australian uh, girl, her friend, and he says, I go to a lot of movies. It's my thing. And she just goes, thrilling. Uh, uh, yeah, we got that. Uh, Rick, there's a scene which I can't, I can't remember who the character is, but there's some side character who emerges from coitus, from under the covers, with beer and a box of Ritz crackers in hand. Which ended yeah, television remote control. Yes, yes, I mean the guy's all set. <laughs> uh, and I did make a, I did make a note that that means there is now a canon of at least two films that use Ritz crackers in in relation to uh, sexual relationships. The other being regarding Henry. Uh, listeners, if you know of any more off the top of your head, we can we can start compiling this canon. Let's get the history of uh, Ritz crackers in relation to romantic relationships on screen recorded. Uh, what else do we write? Uh, I write here wheelchair something wheelchair culture. I don't think that's, <laughs> that's, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> the in a wheelchair, but I don't think the word is culture. What does it else say? Step by step and thud. Oh god, yeah. When she falls to her death in the wheelchair, the boom. The the the, the way the rhythm of that scene yeah. is played out. That death is quite is quite incredible. Um, that is a very yeah very very well planned out death. Yeah, there aren't actually that many murders that he commits in the film, because I don't even know if we mentioned what happens in the film, but basically he, as part of his obsessive movie fandom, starts dressing up as film characters and and killing people he perceives to have wronged him or being in the way of his psychology. In fact, he wears Dracula makeup, really striking Dracula makeup at one point, which is another thing that reminded us of Joker, the whole idea of, of, of getting in this makeup, it looks it looks very similar. It looks like you know, it looks it looks like clown makeup in a way. Let me get through these quickly so we can see the dog on memory. Wait, I've got like how many pages of notes have I got here? <laughs> Drums for oh, this was the titles of her books that he's burning. Uh, prunes for health, carrots can make you healthy. Not will make you healthy, as you pointed out, but can make you healthy. Uh, I don't know what this says. Shigara for ward. Joker makeup, uh, something Dracula makeup, Night of the Living Dead, 
Drink for Pittsburgh. Drink for Pittsburgh. Yeah. Water. Uh, he's today. playing on. It's not playing on TV. He's playing, he goes to see it in a movie theater while dressed as Dracula, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, puff, puff, rolling us drum, puffing us bitch. I don't know what that says. Yeah, tab her goals, behave on your dream. No. Uh, Dracula, m- m- Morse, Mouse, fuck, Sugar, Mother. No, I don't know what that says. Power on characters that don't have in life. Power, he has power in his characters that he doesn't have in life, oh, which okay. is a really, one of the things the movie does really well is his illustration of, of Cinephilia here. Sorry. How do we feel about Alabama and the 40 Thieves? Oh, it sounds like the biggest yeah, stinker great. of all yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is his movie idea that a producer steals. Uh, pre- pre- presumably it's like some kind of, I, did he, how much did he describe? He, did, he said it was going to be like a Sam Fuller movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've forgotten how he describes it. A same but, but it, film in black and white, yeah. directed by Bogdanovich. Mm. Yeah, that's, maybe we can get yeah. Bogdanovich to do it. Yeah, while driving in the most ridiculous car of all time. Yeah. Every vehicle that somebody picks up, none of these cars have roofs. Yeah, wasn't somebody like driving a buggy? Yeah, yeah. The, Mickey Rourke's character owns a, a like a Herbie the Love. <laughs> uh, the the producer owns this like Jay Leno. <laughs> Ridiculous vehicle that I they definitely got from. We were just right like, who else has? How did he end up in that car? I That's can't crazy. remember. He's yeah. just—they cut back to him and he's driving around, telling him this this idea. He's giving him a lift or something. It's very strange. It, I mean, yeah, that is the description he gives of the movie uh, in Fate of Alabama and the Forty Thieves. It sounds like Smokey and the Bandit meets fucking Arabian Nights. When I just look at the title, um, which would be cool. What else have I got here? Making him and dream nightmare. No, don't know what that is. Headache. Uh, AIDS. We have a long conversation about the chronology of AIDS. I don't know why. Um, uh, breaking. Uh, breaking away. Oh, okay. So Dennis Christopher's performance in this movie, we all agreed, was pretty incredible. Yeah, it was pretty good. Really, really um, good yeah. the, the 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 notes he gives that character, how he seems to have these flashes of life, but at the same time he is deeply embedded in this kind of locked off psyche of, of understanding the world through film and it's very it's very destructive for him. I thought it was interesting that so Dennis Christopher didn't have a huge career, but he had a few notable roles. For example, he is the lead in Breaking Away, which um, which was it he there was another movie he was in that came out in between Breaking Away and uh, Fade to Black. But uh, it, this was his next lead role after that, and it, in a way, it couldn't be more different because that was this like really you know big feel good movie and, and and a nice coming of age movie, and this is a very pernicious coming of age movie. But one of the things he does in both movies really well is he's playing a fantasist okay. because in if you remember in Breaking Away, one of the themes of that is he's obsessed with Italy and the Italian cycling team, and he's affecting this Italian accent and all that kind of thing. It really interesting that he was cast in these two lead roles around this time, like kind of a strange looking guy. One point I meant to make about him actually is like some of the ways he dresses up in this, he's got a bit of a Johnny Rotten kind of quality. Yeah. Um, interesting, he did those two lead roles, both kind of fantasists, both went in totally different directions in terms of the tones of the film, and then, and then that was that. Somebody saw something in him or that appealed to him. And the rest is history. Yeah. What else do we have to say about Dennis? I think he deserves it. Uh, yeah, I mean, we did keep saying that we'd get to him, and then we'd get to him, and then yeah. we'd get to him, and we'd get to him. Now that we're here, I all, all I can think of is that he did a good job. He did and, do a good and job. And that is, those are terrible words. Well, to, I mean, to, nobody, he, 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 play, he plays one of the great dimensional movie psychos, I think. It's, 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 it's yeah. a really lovely performance. I mean, it can... It can 
not quite as good as Joe Spinell in Mania. I'd put it, I'd put it against Joker, definitely. Because uh, oh, yeah, someone yeah. not convinced by the movie Joker. Yeah, it, it, he does a really good um, uh, Norman Bates. Mm. Yeah. He, he's very... Uh, there are really strong ties to uh, this absent mother figure and, and the always trying to, I guess, buy after her attention. And he does have some great monologues after mm. she dies mm. where he's talking to her ashes about their success. And it, it's very like mommy dearest slash... Yeah, psycho. well, it is like they've made some kind of satanic bond through shared love of the movies, which mm-hmm. is it's antagonizing them and it's and it's eating away at them. And, and they have a very fraught relationship but they still can't help both being yeah. being committed to that cause I really uh, was intrigued I don't know if anybody has any thoughts about the uh, the mother character in it the, this I don't know I don't know what the movie was trying to say when they introduced her as this you know she's um, an invalid mm. but also quite uh, not abusive but just quite dismissive of him um, not tolerant of his uh, cinephilia and um this kind of uh, try and keep him in the house. I don't know. I I wanted to find a reason why she was like that, which is not the movie. But well, know, she's yeah. in she's in denial, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Because it's revealed. I think that he, she makes she is ostensibly his aunt, yeah. and then uh, there's all this reference made to his mother, yeah. who could have been a star, but it didn't happen for her, and then she died. It turns out she is the mother mm. so she's been making up this whole story and kind of just living this life in denial of the fact that she too was locked into the psychology of the movies and 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 dashed by it it kind of unpicked and destroyed her life and she is playing a role so she can displace herself from that was that was that not it i remember that being revealed as it was some sort of a spoiler right like mm. they they're like and it wasn't even his it's yeah. not his aunt it's yeah. his mom yeah she she had to tell everyone she was his aunt, so mm-hmm. she didn't lose her career in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and then she didn't get it. Obviously, mm-hmm. I guess probably took it out on him, and it, and it's sort of used as a catch-all, quick horror plot point where they're like, uh, "We have to wrap up this psychosis now." That's why he's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one decision that like I have to assume many people through history have dealt with. Yeah, uh, but that's how I thought that made it quite okay, poignant, though. Yeah, yeah, I mean. To, to to dismiss his, or to I guess pin all of his psychosis on the fact that his aunt was his mother, and the the cop says like, no wonder why he's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair the co- the, the cocaine doing cop who is just uh, yeah. he worked in the drunk tank in the, <laughs> they they put his office. It in was the drunk, drunk tank, tank but yeah. then being used as a storeroom. So yeah, it was like a two time loser of an office. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And then yeah, he was just back there doing coke and playing harmonica. Total like, legend. I loved him doing coke in the drunk tank full of boxes. <laughs> It's the fucking movies. Why it's crazy? <laughs> Does a bunch of coke so he can play harmonica faster. Yeah, because he start. It's like real bluesy stuff, mm-hmm. and then he does a couple bumpskis, and then he start. It's like jazz. He's, it's, it, he's just you know in a club somewhere. Um, yeah. Everybody's something. Yeah. Oh, by the way, just to pick up on the Norman Bates reference, really lovely, not quite shot for shot, but clearly a reference to the Psycho Shower scene involving 
the Marilyn uh, Monroe mm. look-alike. She, to, to me, she looked more like Blondie, but he yeah. fixates on this woman who he thinks looks like Marilyn Monroe, and her standing him up for a date kind of is the last straw that causes his rampage. But, um, yeah, so the way the movie combines the psycho reference with the Marilyn Monroe reference turns the knife into a pen because he's looking mm-hmm. for an autograph kind of sums up the way this movie bonds all these references together in a, in a, in a, in a really lovely way. Isn't he dressed as Dracula? Yeah, at that point, possibly, is he? He's dressed but, as point, somebody. He? I know he, he is, yeah. Because it's, it's I think Dracula, Dracula, Dracula tries no. to kill Marilyn Monroe in the psycho shower scene. Yeah. Just tying cinema yeah. together. It's yeah. just... It's a very silly, silly film. Yeah. Uh, well, it, with, with some great performances yeah. and... I suppose with uh, clear modern eyes, a lot of those, like the really problematic stuff he engages with, and a lot of the fetishization of, of all of these female characters who have yeah. these at like in the beginning because we were talking so much, we had to rewind for this particular scene because the the two I suppose they would be considered lead women characters, yeah, uh, who I don't believe actually have names. He, uh, he calls, calls her Marilyn. Marilyn. Yeah, he yeah. calls her Marilyn, yeah. so he doesn't even call her her real name. Mm. And I don't think we... This movie definitely doesn't pass the Bechdel test. And it... Uh, even though there's like nine women yeah. who... who, who uh, we what, rewound... What, what were they talking about when they were jogging? Jogging. They, they were, were talking, talking about, about... jogging. They were talking about how... Uh, they can't wait to eat pizza and sleep with more married men. Basically, oh, so they're still talking about men. Oh, yeah, no, but also yeah. I don't think I think your point. I, I can't yeah. remember how many of the women in the movie did have names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe and they, they don't talk that, about any, we, we they don't talk about anything to each other. Yeah, that yeah. isn't about boys. Yeah, we. I mean, granted, we were fucking shit faced, so yeah, we yeah. might have just missed nine names. Fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't tell you what anybody was called in this, yeah. but I know that uh, maybe maybe with skeptical and. I suppose pensive eyes, you could probably get quite a bit of enjoyment slash, uh, you know, bordering on philosophical studies about the female characters in this and and how Hollywood treats the women because this is a film about Hollywood. Mm And so how this film treats women could be said to reflect how Hollywood does and sort of in a very scapegoaty way just sort of be like oh well you know the films do that so mm. we had to do that too mm. um, but you know that's a, that's going to be up to the viewer on that one I mean it certainly indicts his default mode of fetishization it understands that this is something that is truly part of the psychology of people who love movies in a quite pathetic way I mean um, I think I don't know if it was before or now but we would, if you were talking about this kind of idea of people who watch a lot of movies um, might use that as a way to talk to someone they're interested in mm. and the complete dismissal of uh, the Marilyn Monroe character's friend uh, the complete dismissal by the Marilyn Monroe character's friend mm. and it, 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 it did um, kind of touch nerve there because you, you, you know we are people who like movies mm-hmm. you know we, we, we like art in general and um it's our it's our it's our main stay of conversation, you know. It's it's what we it's what it's how we enter a conversation. As even we go to yeah. it's what brought us together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's how we enter even a conversation about anything else. Yeah. Is through movies and um, the complete dismissal of that that what has become your life is painful. So you know there is a a certain um, not sense. No, no, no. But there's a certain empathy 
towards mm. the Dennis Christopher character mm-hmm. in that sense of nobody getting the things you like. Yeah. And yeah. As Jordan said, though, it yeah. is clearly made by somebody who knows movies and loves mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. So it's not outright dismissal from the mm-hmm. outside. It, it, it understands of, of which it speaks. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's very true. I th- yeah, I, it's definitely made by a certain type of cinephile um, who, in my opinion, I felt that it was a very self-aware cinephile yeah. where, <laughs> where I know I've tried to like, impress somebody with my f- obscure film knowledge before. Uh, and it's just so embarrassing. <laughs> to watch, and, 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 like, because yeah, I, I had couldn't forget about it quite easily because you know it happened and sometimes you get a little too drunk with a group of dudes in a house and, <laughs> and uh, you know we work through these things yeah. by erasing them permanently you know, yeah and, uh, while, while also recording the sound so yeah, yeah. and then uh, all of a sudden you, you some some punk dude shows up in a film and reminds you that you're an asshole yeah um, which I'm here for. Always, yeah, love it. Yeah. yeah, you're always gonna have uh, something to work on. So that's how. You know, rest on your laurels, punk. Exactly. Uh, and on those beautiful notes, gentlemen, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much. We made it. We made it. We finally made it. Yes. I think um, this is this is will be usable. Yes. 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 Good. Um, should I talk about Italy and garlic oil in the end a little bit more? Absolutely not. Okay, thank you.